have your Bibles this morning. I want to look at one word, really, what it means to all of us. How many ever thought, well, I'm busy, and I've got this thing to do and that thing to do, and I've got so many things in line that I, I really can't uh, go to the church and do this or do that, and so, you know, I, I, I don't know what I can do. Everybody here is here for a purpose. Now, let me explain to you the first pur- purpose everybody's here for, to walk with Him. Now, I want you to understand this morning, God made you the same reason He made Adam and Eve. In the cool of the evening, they'd walk together. Uh, I don't know what it is, but the Lord wants us to love Him. And He wants the fellowship and the Spirit of you and I with Him. That's the first thing. That's the reason a personal devotion time is so important if you know Christ as Savior. It is what He longs for, is to spend time with you and I. The greatest command in Scripture is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. That's what He wants from all of us, is to love Him. That's the greatest command in Scripture. But anytime you love somebody, you want to spend time with them. You can't really say, I love you, if you're too busy to be with them. Happens a lot in life. But I want to encourage you today, don't treat the Lord that way. Now, then down the ladder a little bit, first off, is to know Him as Savior. Secondly, is to love Him. And thirdly, is to serve Him. Now, everybody in this room can do those three things. But you'll notice here, the Bible says, the Lord looked around. He was angry with the world. He was angry especially with the Jews, Israel. And he said, I'm just going to destroy them and start over. And he said, I sought for a man to stand in the gap. To say, oh, Lord, don't do that. But I found none. So he sent Israel into slavery in Babylon and all around the world. And it was 1948 years, almost 2,000 years, before he collected them again. That's how angry he was with them over sin. And there was nobody to stand up and say, Lord, please. The Lord looks for an intercessor today. Now, I want to pause and give you the illustration of the great intercessor. If you have your Bible, turn me, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 7. New Testament, Hebrews chapter 7. You'll notice in verse number 23, Jesus is our intercessor, or he can be yours. Intercede for what? pleads to his Father on your behalf. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 12 that the devil is in heaven today blasting you and I before God. If you look at it, Revelation chapter 12, the accuser of the brethren. The word diabolos, how many of you know who that is? Diabolos. It's a devil. Dia in the Greek text is through. Balas is to say through. He is an accuser of your life. He is to 
He is trying to destroy you with words in heaven. He is your accuser. Jesus Christ is our intercessor. Lord, that's not true. Lord, uh, David Pittman is mine. Don't listen to the devil. If it were not for Jesus Christ, all the world would be destroyed today, and we'd all be in hell. But he is the great intercessor. Notice, if you would, in Hebrews chapter 7, look in verse number 23. And they truly were many priests. Now, these are speaking of the high priest in the Old Testament. Because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. Every one of them would die. The next one would come up in line, he would die. The next one would come up and he would die. All of the tribe of Levi. And they would offer sins for the people. They would sort of intercede for the people and offer a lamb for the people for another year. Well, notice what happens in verse 24. But this man, speaking of Jesus Christ, because he continueth ever, he is God himself, has no end, hath an unchangeable priesthood. Now, I want you to think of that, a priesthood. If you're saved today, the Lord Jesus said you're a priest to him. That's the reason you don't need me to pray for you. You can go straight into the presence of God yourself. Come, ye all that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Everybody that's born into God's family, everyone that's saved this morning, everyone that's come to Jesus Christ and said, I can't get to heaven, Lord. I need you to be my intercessor. Lord, I need you to pay my debt of sin and forgive me of my sin. Now, notice, if you would, in verse number 25. Wherefore, because he lives forever... Because he's like the Old Testament priests, he made intercession for us permanently in the form of his own death, wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. So this morning, if you come to Jesus Christ, you can be born into his family. It's a permanent thing. And he says, everybody, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus Christ wants to save everybody in this room. Keep your finger in that passage. You turn with you, if you would, back a little bit toward Revelation, 1 John chapter 2. I want you to see 1 John chapter 2 and verse 1. He's speaking to Christians here, but notice the terminology. My little children, this is 1 John, right in the back of your Bible, just before the book of Revelations. My little children, chapter 2, verse 1, these things write I unto you that you sin not. Jesus Christ doesn't want you and I to get saved and keep right on doing the old things we used to do. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Behold, all things have become new. So we're supposed to be different people. That's the reason Christians are, are supposed to be people that are light to the world. We're different because we have the Holy Spirit in our heart, and we're God's child. Notice, if you would, he said that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He stands up for you and I. He is your intercessor. And notice, and he is the propitiation or the payment for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. So Jesus Christ is willing to Forgive you of your sins and be your Savior. <clears throat> Everybody in this room. And folks, listen. I visit, my wife and I are visiting on Saturday. We visit with some folks. 
And I just sat down with them. I said, look, uh, my greatest concern is not that you join our church. My greatest concern is that you know Christ as Savior. It's settled in your heart. Would you mind telling me when you got saved, if you trusted the Lord as Savior? They said they were. And they told me about when they were children or whenever they were teenagers and they had trusted the Lord as Savior. And so this morning I would ask you, the worst thing in the world in my view would be, be to come to Temple Baptist Church and to sit in a service and not be asked the question, Are you, have you trusted Christ as Savior? Have you asked Him to take His payment, spoken of in 1 John 2, for you, the sins of the whole world, have you asked Him to take that payment and put it to your account and wash away your sin? And the Bible says, but as many as received Him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God, John 1.12. And so he'll save you and blot out all your sins. Now listen very carefully. He'll blot out all your sins from the day you were born till the day you die. His payment is good enough to cover from day, day one to day end. And he'll forgive you. Now, in that point of time when you ask him to save you, you become his child. Everybody in the world is not a child of God. You have to be born again into his family. We're born physically into the Pittman family, physically into the Clark family, physically into the Topper family, physically into the Moore family. But spiritually, you're born the second time into God's family. And once you're born into God's family, now he says, look, uh, sort of like uh, whenever I didn't do something right. And my mom would sit me down and she'd say, son, you know, my dad, you know, son, you're a Pittman. Yes, ma'am. Pittmans don't lie. Oh. Pittmans don't get mad and throw a temper. Oh. Christians don't either. But there's a higher expectation of Christians because you're God's child. So you're born into God's family. And from that point on, now as God's child, then what are you doing with your life? Everybody here needs an intercessor for your soul. The Lord is looking for intercessors for this world. And I just want to draw your attention this morning. There was a time when God says, I sought for a man to stand in the gap, to pray for people, to stand up for people, and I found no man. If you have your Bible, turn me, if you would, to Exodus chapter 32. I want you to see one of the greatest intercessors in all the world that's ever lived. Exodus chapter 32. I want you to notice this passage. I want you to notice <clears throat> this is Exodus 32. Moses has gone up on the mountain, and does anybody know what he's up there getting? He's on the mountain, Sinai, and he's getting something from God. Does anybody know what he's getting? The Ten Commandments. Okay? God is writing it on, um, uh, on a stone tablets for all the world to remember these things are important to me. And so he takes these Ten Commandments, and God says, Moses, get down off the mountain. Your people, they, they, they have sinned. Notice, if you would, in verse number 1 of chapter 32. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mountain, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said to them, Up, make us gods. What is wrong with these people? They just saw Moses go up into the mountain and the mountain on fire. They had just 
they had 70 of them had eaten dinner with the Lord on the mount 40 days earlier. They had eaten dinner with the presence of God. Now, you, they couldn't see him, but he was there. His presence were there, and they sensed it. And then now they go down the mountain, and 40 days later, they can't see him, touch him, or feel him. We're much the same way. I know this. When I get an answer to prayer, I say, wow, the Lord's been very good to me. And in about 30 or 40 days, if I don't have another answer to prayer, I say, Lord, where are you? Lord, I, I need you. Lord, I, I, that's us. That's our human nature. Only I don't go and start worshiping rocks or the moon god or the sun god. But they made a golden calf. They told Aaron, make us, a, make us an object so we can worship it. And, and the Lord is so hurt. Notice what happens. In verse number 7, and the Lord said unto Moses, go get thee down, for thy people which thou brought us out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. And you'll notice, if you would, in verse 10, now therefore let me alone. Verse 9, he says, they're a stiff-necked people, they're a wicked people. Let me alone that I may wax hot and that I can consume them and I'll make of you a great nation. You know, it's an amazing thing here. The Lord looks at Moses and said, I am sick of the Pittmans. I want to I destroy all of them because they don't do right. Moses, you do. I want to make a great nation of you. <clears throat> and Moses said, oh, Lord, don't destroy the Pittmans. Please. This is what's happening. He's an intercessor. And notice, if you would, verse number 11. And Moses besought the Lord his God and said, Lord, why doth thy wrath wax hot against thy people, which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power, with a mighty hand? You see, he's saying, look, Lord, he's pleading for them. And then now to notice, if you would, he comes down off the mountain and he's furious with them. Look at verse 15. And Moses turned and went down from the mountain and the two tables of the testimony were in his hand, the tables written on both their sides, on the one side and on the other were they written. And the tables were the work of God. The writing was the writing of God. Can you imagine bringing a stone tablet down with God's own handwriting in it? And he saw the people worshiping the golden calf, and he throws the, the, the tablets down, and they break, and he says, what are y'all thinking? He said, I'll go to God and intercede for you. Now, I want you to get the story. Verse 32. Verse 29. <clears throat> Moses had said, Consecrate yourselves today to the Lord, even every man unto his son and upon his brother, that he may bestow upon you a blessing this day. And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses said unto the people, You have sinned a great sin, and now I will go up unto the Lord. Peradventure, maybe, I'll make an atonement for your soul. And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, O Lord, O this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. Yet now if thou wilt forgive their sin and the only dash in the Bible. Lord, if you would forgive them. <clears throat> and then he does something that's only done twice in the history of the world. And if not, blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book. Lord, erase my name. 
I'm ready to die for their place. Interceding. The second time that happened is God's son hung on the cross and said, Lord, people, they're ungodly and they're wicked, but Lord, would you forgive them for my sake? And that's why everybody in this room has the opportunity to trust Christ as Savior this morning because Jesus went to the cross for everybody in this room. Now, religion is not a bunch of mumbo-jumbo. you got to do this. you got to get baptized. you gotta, hey, you got to take uh, uh, the juice and the cup and all these different things. Religion is just that. It's a bunch of stuff man made up. But Christianity is that Jesus died for you. The good news is that Jesus died for you, and he wants to forgive you of your sins, and he will if you'll ask him to. Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. He is willing to save everybody in this room that doesn't know Christ as Savior this day. So check your heart. Are you sure you're on your way to heaven? Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest now what day may bring forth. Proverbs 27.1. Nobody's promised tomorrow. And if the Lord calls you home on the way home today in a, in a traffic accident, uh, do you understand you must be ready for the Lord to take you to heaven? Otherwise, you'll lose everything for all eternity. And that's why Jesus died for you. Now, I want to pause for just a minute. But what are you doing with your life? Moses laid down his life for the children of Israel. Everybody in this room can be an intercessor. You can intercede for somebody. Now, I want to just give you a very practical thing. A little bit later on, uh, in, in Numbers, Miriam, that is Aaron, the high priest's wife, <coughs> begins to talk about Moses and gossip about him. And God heard it, and he said, Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, I want to see you. They all come together. The Lord says, Miriam, what gives you the right to talk about Moses, I love him. And he said, I'm going to teach you a lesson. And she turned white as a leper. She became a leper. And Aaron said, oh, no. And you know what Moses did? He said, serves you right, talking about me. No, he didn't. He got down and he says, oh, Lord. He interceded for Miriam, who had talked about him. And folks, where are the Christians? We need to be like that. When somebody does us wrong, we step in before them and the Lord before he begins to punish them and correct them and say, Lord, would you forgive them? Lord, they said it, but Lord, just forgive them, will you? It's okay. That's what Moses did for Miriam. And God said, okay, Moses, and he healed her. When somebody talks about you or says something about you, uh, maybe it's a neighbor, it's a family member. How many of you, now watch this, have ever had a family member say something bad about you and it hurt your feelings? Raise your hand. Come on, raise it up. Everybody, a family member, anybody in your family. I mean, from, from here to Adam, somebody said something about you, you know, and it hurt your feelings, okay? Uh, well, we have two choices. We can say, that low-down buzzard of a guy. I'm going to pray God gets him. Anybody ever had that thought other than me? <clears throat> the Lord says, I'm looking for my children that will intercede for people, that will say, look, Lord, forgive them. <clears throat> Lord, bless them. Turn their lives around. 
Lord, help them. I know they did me wrong, but Lord, I did you wrong, and you forgave me. Do you understand the example today? An intercessor is someone that's impossible to hurt because we take our hurts to the Lord. An intercessor is maybe your wife said something hurt your feeling or did something he shouldn't have done to your husband. He did something he shouldn't have done. And Lord, would you forgive him? He's a good man, Lord. I, I know he probably deserves punishment now, but forgive him, Lord. Lay it upon me. The Lord's looking for intercessors. I sought for a man and found none. Do you understand today? There are some parents that need to intercede for their children. There are some wives that need to intercede for their husbands and vice versa. There are some employees that need to intercede for your bosses because they haven't done right to you and a lot of other people. Somebody needs to stand up for them and say, Lord, would you forgive them? Lord, would you, would you be good to them? Would you bring salvation to them? Or Lord, if they're saved, would you, would you bring blessing? There's two ways to correct a person. Be extra good to them or punish them. How many of you like the punishment aspect? How many of you would rather be blessed to correction? Raise your hand. How many of you are awake this morning? Okay. Let's see. Okay. Look, I don't know about you, but I say, Lord, if I make a mistake, would you correct me and say, look, I'll bless you if you'll fix that. Yes, Lord, I'll do that. I like the blessed correction. But there are times when everybody says, Dave Pittman, you didn't do right. You're going to have to pay for that. You need to straighten that out. So you don't do it again. Correction is just that. It's to make where we don't do it again. Where are the Christians that say, Lord, would you forgive my wife? She said some things last night. Forgive my husband. He said some things last night. Lord, would you forgive him? Do you know what kind of a Christian that takes? It takes someone that loves the Lord so much, he's in the image of Christ. Lord, forgive them, for they know not what they do when he's hanging on the cross. He knew exactly what we did. We meant to kill him. He was offensive to us because he was righteous and we weren't. We were jealous. And so the human race killed Christ. And yet it's all of us. And he says, I'm willing to forgive it. If you'll ask me, I'll forgive it. I'll take my payment and pay it on your sin debt. Do you understand what an intercessor is? It's someone that lays themselves at the altar and says, I'm not my own, I'm yours. The Lord's looking for people like that. You know what they make? It makes the greatest husband on the face of the earth an intercessor. It makes the greatest wife on the face of the earth. I can remember hearing my parents argue. And I remember tears coming down my cheek and going in my bedroom, getting on my knees and pleading with the Lord to forgive them and to help them. I was a young boy. I want to walk close enough with the Lord that He'll answer that prayer. Too late now, my parents are in heaven. But I can pray for some of you. If I carry enough weight with the Lord, if I can if I can get close enough to the Lord and say, Lord, would you bless so-and-so? Lord, I, I can see that they don't have the right attitude, but Lord, would you forgive them? Lord, would you 
bless so-and-so's boss. He, he said that his boss is this or that. Uh, being mean to him, him and, and, you know, Lord, would you forgive his boss? Would you, would you bless him into doing what's right? Moses said, Lord, forgive them. Forgive Miriam, Lord. She talked about me. She spread it all over. But, Lord, forgive her. Would you heal her back? Lord, take away the leprosy from her body. Make her whole again. That's what Moses did when God called all three of them together and she was punished. And Moses said, please, Lord, take the punishment away. Folks, we have to get where we we are not hurt. Where we forgive people. An intercessor. They forget about themselves and they give themselves to the Lord and say, Lord, you've got to answer this prayer. Lord, you've got to help this family. Lord, I know they're struggling, but would you bless them, Lord? Could, and a lot of times we're not asking for forgiveness. We're asking, Lord, for the Lord to help them. Hey, how many have ever heard somebody lost a job? It's pretty devastating when you lose a job. How many of you know what I'm talking about? When you lose a job and, and all of a sudden, it, it, I, 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 I was at the first church where... Janet and Rick, my current wife, her and her husband were working working together in the youth department. He went to heaven a, a year after my wife went to heaven. But we were working 46 years ago in a church in Chicago. I had a youth group, large youth group, about 200 kids. And so I was the senior high youth pastor, and he was a junior high youth pastor. And the pastor heard something and thought that I did it. And he fired me and gave me two weeks check. And I had no place to go. Jeremy was uh, not a year old. And I went home in tears. I said, Lord, do people do this in ministry? Lord, my flesh wanted him to hurt. But my spirit said, Lord, forgive him. It was one of the hardest things that ever did. Lord, bless him. He never once came back to me and said he was sorry, but he sent somebody to say, tell Dave Pittman I'm sorry I misunderstood. It happens to all of us. I felt the hurt. But everybody in this room has to learn, I'm the Lord's. I'm a servant. Lord, if you want me to go through difficult times, go with me. And help me to be a light and help me to love you more. Lord, there's people watching. Help me to do the right thing. Lord, would you bless my boss? I'm just saying to you, everybody in this room loses a job. And it's devastating. You know what we could do as a church family? We could rally around and say, Lord, would you bless so-and-so? Give him another job. Lord, would you bless him? Lord, help him to be a testimony so that his boss could hear about it. And there's no complaint and there's no bitterness. And Lord, maybe you could work on his heart because of the goodness of of that that man in our church, that lady in our church. Lord, would you bless him? Who's going to intercede for people to get the jobs that they need? Or teenagers to turn around and do the right thing? Or, or, Or parents to do the right thing? Who's going to intercede for them? We had a funeral in here. First funeral in our church, Pat Arnold. How many of you knew Pat? Okay. 
Pat was one of the toughest ladies I've ever known. She ragged on me, unmerciful. I'd say, Pat, you can't go to church. You can't come to church and go to sleep. Joking with her. She wasn't necessarily asleep. And she said, well, if you had preached better, I wouldn't go to sleep. So it was constantly back and forth. We were teasing each other and joking with each other. And, you know, I loved her. Every time she came in, it was a, an effort for the last 15 years she was in church. She was on dialysis for 13 years. That's the longest that I've ever known anybody that endured dialysis. Now, I'll tell you what it does. It depletes your strength. You go on dialysis, take all the blood out of your body, clean it, and put it all back in while you're sitting there for two, three, four hours. And once it's done, you get up, and you go home, and you rest, and you lay down, and you get up the next day, and you got one good day, and the next day you got to go back again. It is devastating. So for 13 years, she did that. You know what she did? When she was dying, she looked at me, she, you know, she, Pastor, I'm soon to go home. Told this to one of her family members. Who's going to pray for my grandchildren to get saved? I'll never forget that. A dying lady burdened about her grandchildren to get to heaven. That is an intercessor. Everybody in this room can be that. Who are you praying for? Who's on your list? I, I got to looking at this, and I, before I, I preached this message, I looked at my own heart, and I said, am I an intercessor? And I looked at my prayer list, and I, I, I saw the people that I prayed for. I, you know, I prayed for my wife, and, and I prayed for my family, and, and then I, I looked at the list of people that, that I was praying for, and I, I said, Lord, help me to be a better intercessor. Lord, help me to look for people that I can pray for. And you might say, well, Pastor, that's going to take a lot of time. Okay, how many of you earned your time? It's a gift from him. Use it for his glory. If you're a parent, take some time in the morning. Get down before your bed, before you go to work, and say, Lord, bless my children. Lord, help them to have a heart for you. Lord, would you give them the courage to do what's right when other people don't? Where are the parents that are pleading for their children to do what's right, to be a light to the world? And I, I just urge you today, where are the people say, I'm going to work today, Lord. Uh, would you bless the people I work with, Lord? Would, I, could I plead for them? Lord, so-and-so, I don't know if he's saved or not. Would you bless him? Help me to be a testimony. I know many of you people work for the government, and you can't talk about religion, but you can pray for them behind the scenes, and God will see it and let God do what he wants to do. Everybody in this room can do that. There are people that are hurting. There are people that are in trouble. There are missionaries. We've got missionaries that have given up jobs in America where they could make twice or three times as much, and they've gone to Africa or Israel or, or, or to Tibet. We've got a missionary in Tibet. We've got missionaries in South America and in, 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 in New Zealand in Cambodia and all over the world. And we can't just say, here's money, Go. We've got to hold them up in prayer and intercede for them. Lord, keep them safe. Lord, bless them. Help them to see people saved. Lord, would you bless their churches? Folks, today, could I just plead with you to join me and let's be intercessors? You know the one thing about being an intercessor? 
Pat was 85 and had a completely broken body. But every day, she got up and she interceded for people. One reason I hated to do that funeral is because I know she prayed for me every day. Lord, keep Pastor doing right. Lord, bless him. My mother did that until she died. And boy, there was an empty spot in my heart. And I think Pat filled it. You know, today, be an intercessor. Young people, if you're in this room, intercede for your parents. Pray for the Lord to bless them. Do you understand today that God has you here for a purpose? Lord, I know I can do three things. I know I can trust you as my Savior. and You can be mine. I can be yours. I know I can do that. Number two, I know I can love you. Lord, help me to love you more. I want to walk with you in the mornings. I want to spend a little bit of time with you. You've never had devotions. Come to me. I'll help you. But, but you need to walk with the Lord. That's why I made you. He wants your fellowship. And number three, be an intercessor. Everybody can do that in the quiet of your house. You can do that in the quiet of your car as you're on your way to work. Uh, no one can stop you from doing those three things. Close with this, Daniel. Got up three times a day and got beside his, in his bedroom and opened up the windows of his bedroom and prayed and talked with the Lord. And so uh, the men of the country, he was number two in the country, said, we don't like him. He, he makes us look bad. He always does right. And we don't necessarily do what's right. And well, let's get rid of him. So they made a law, got the, got the king to sign it. And it's the Medes and Persians. It's the law of the Medes and Persians. Can't be changed. And they said, if anybody prays to anybody else for the next 30 days other than our king, they get thrown in the lion's den. You've heard the story. But do you understand the principle behind it? He was spending time with the Lord three times a day. He loved the Lord. He wanted to be close to the Lord. And folks, that's the reason God made you and I. Let's fulfill why he made us. Well, well, pastor, I don't go to this church. If you know the God of heaven and you've trusted Christ to save you, it's still the same thing as there. He loves you. How much time do you spend with him? Do you understand nobody's got more than 24 hours in this room in any one day? We're all equal. The rewards in heaven are based on how many of those hours we spend for him. Today, could I just challenge you? Be an intercessor. Get you a prayer list. Walk with him. I sought for a man to stand in the gap, and I found none. Let's not that, let that be here. Let's be intercessors. Let's bow our heads toward a prayer this morning. I'm going to ask the pianist to come and play a verse of invitation hymn. Maybe you're here today. You have a busy life, like everybody in Northern Virginia. But could I ask you to come to this altar and say, Lord, I want to do some things different. Lord, I, I want to I fulfill those three things. I, if you've never trusted Christ as Savior, come, let me help you get that settled this morning. And if you have trusted Christ, how are you spending the 24 hours for the Lord's sake that we should be? Are you spending time with him like Daniel? God takes care of you when you spend time with him. 
Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, and Daniel said, Lord, stop the lion's mouths. Why? Because I'm trying to do the right thing. How many of us have a time every day that we spend walking with the Lord? Oh, maybe it's on our knees, but we spend time with the Lord. How many of us have a time where we intercede for other people? Could I challenge you to come to this altar and say, Lord, make me an intercessor? Lord, help me to intercede for missionaries, people at work, people in my neighborhood, people in my family. Lord, help me to take my eyes and put them on others and lift them up to you. Father, speak to hearts today as only you can. And Lord, help that word intercessor to be driven home in our hearts. That's what I want to be, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.